0: Everyone wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let everyone know that the next seven day fasting lifestyle challenge registration link is live. You can go to the show notes, click the link for more details, or you can go to www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. Wanted to speak directly to you if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're new and just getting started, or maybe you've been fasting for a while and really trying to adopt that lifestyle and the scale just won't move beyond that two to four, or three to five pounds each week, or maybe you feel like you've hit that dreaded weight loss plateau, or maybe the hunger, or as my wife likes to say, the hangriness has snuck up and bit you on the backside and you just can't seem to get away from those cravings or the consistency of your fasting schedule just isn't allowing you to get back on track if you've fallen by the wayside. This seven-day lifestyle challenge is exactly for you. It's coming up in the near future. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are super excited to be leveling up this experience and leaving that diet baggage behind, giving you the confidence and the habits to build that long-term weight loss and fasting lifestyle success. Go to the show notes, you can click the link or www.TheFastingForLife forward slash live. We will hope to see you on the inside. And now to today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here as always. with my a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Good to be here today. Looking forward mm-hmm. to today's conversation. We're going to talk about blood sugar numbers in the morning. Why are they high? What could it be? What do you have to do about it? the dawn phenomenon and everything in between. We're also gonna talk, of course, about fasting and how fasting is such a powerful tool to specifically today, undo some of those high morning blood sugar numbers and help y'all get the weight off, keep the weight off and regain your health and live the quality of life that you deserve. So if you are new to the Fasting for Life podcast, welcome in. If you wanna know more about us, you can go back and listen to the first couple of episodes learn more about our stories, how fasting has transformed our lives, and then all the way now up to, I don't know what episode we're in, but in the 140s or 150s, (laughs) somewhere in that range. Something like that, Why we do this weekly, why we've developed some programs around it, why we do our challenges, which we have coming up in three weeks, three weeks from tomorrow. And one of the main things that we want to do each episode is to make sure that we're giving you actionable things that you can take out of this 20- or 30-minute conversation and put into your fasting weight loss health journey. So if we do our job correctly, I think we're going to do that today because (laughs) this topic is incredibly common in our ecosystem and in the conversations Mm -hmm. we have and during the challenges and during, you know, when people are new to fasting or new to a potential diagnosis of a blood sugar related issue like prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, type two diabetes, et cetera. Knowing what your numbers are is important. So we're gonna walk you through that. If you're a long-term listener, we wanna welcome you in as well. We appreciate you continuing to be on this journey with us. Drop a subscribe or follow, whatever it is now that you do on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast. give us a review. If you would, we prefer the five-star kind, of course, that tells the podcasting world that we are delivering value to you each and every week. So, Tommy, Dawn Phenomenon, what is the one thing that we hear when people start looking at their numbers or they start fasting or they start a new air quotes, die it or a lifestyle overhaul, mm, right? Yeah. What is the one thing that we hear when they look at their numbers in the morning?
1: Is it normal that my numbers are higher in the morning? My numbers are higher. Is this normal?
0: Yeah. And there's some nuance to that, right? And yeah. if you're not tracking your blood sugar, one of the easiest ways to know where you fall on the blood sugar spectrum on healthy versus unhealthy is to simply track your morning blood sugar numbers. And it's the same thing that happens when you are scheduled for your yearly physical or blood work, or if you are already in the category of pre-diabetic or diabetic, then you would be doing this at three to six month intervals where you're checking your blood sugars, your HbA1Cs, your fasting blood sugar, et cetera. Typically, there's a cholesterol panel and other labs that go along with that, but they, they have you fast minimum eight hours or as close to eight hours as possible for a fasting blood glucose test. And then if you're doing a cholesterol panel with that, it would be 12 hours, but nothing but water, right? So we want to get an yeah. idea of where your numbers are. So if you wake up and you test your numbers or if you wake up and you have signs of insulin resistance, which is you're always fatigued, never really felt real rested, brain fog craving that morning Mm. coffee, that morning caffeine hit, or you wake up just incredibly hungry or the opposite, you're not really ever hungry at all in the mornings. And that's Mm. just become normal to you. That's some of the indicators that you may be having higher blood sugar numbers or higher cravings or higher things that we just mentioned in the AM. Yeah. So what, is dawn phenomenon, how it relates to the baseline blood work numbers that you have can be an important differentiation on how you go about getting the weight off, reversing the blood sugar numbers. Problem is, is that the blood sugar is the downstream effect, which is where fasting comes into play because it can be so powerful in reducing the cause of those blood sugar numbers, which is the insulin's effectiveness or that insulin resistance piece.
1: Yeah, it's interesting too, because there's definitely different levels of, how much of a dawn phenomenon is going on here? And like, so just that one question, my blood sugar is higher in the morning. Is this normal? It's almost like a loaded question because then it starts to become, well, how much higher is it, right? Like there's degrees Yeah,
0: Yeah, or the toddler answer, no, but why? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not normal, but why? Yeah, right? And it just, you could give them any answer in the world, but why? We want to know why that number is higher. Yeah. So let's define it. Dawn phenomenon, it's referred to as the dawn effect. It's earned its name from the reoccurrence of elevated blood sugars around the hours of 3 and 8 a.m. So yeah. one of the other scenarios that used to happen with my dad before he reversed his diabetes that he had for decades and was on 120 units of insulin a day plus 17 other medications before he lost the 60 pounds and has completely reversed all of that and gotten his life back. He Incredible. would wake up between two and 4 a.m., which is the time of your circadian rhythm where your liver, that's the liver hours, in between that time where your body will dump glucose into the bloodstream. And what will happen is it will give you an elevated blood sugar number. And it doesn't always Mm -hmm. happen that early in the morning, but some people will wake up and they will have these blood sugar spikes and be like, whoa, I didn't eat anything. What happened? So the dawn right. phenomenon is very common among those with insulin resistance, which is the upstream effect of that blood sugar, that downstream blood sugar number that pops up you know, and puts you in a category of prediabetes or diabetes. Yeah. And there's a few main causes of it. But before we get into those causes, it's like, okay, what are the things that promote, right? This is the framework. You haven't eaten anything. Why is my blood sugar high? Well, you've got epinephrine or adrenaline, which is the fight or flight hormone,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? You've got cortisol, which is the air quote stress hormone. You've got glucagon, which tells the liver to release glucose into the blood. And you've got growth hormone. Those are really the four main hormones that cause glucose to be released into the blood. So what's happening in the morning? Well, cortisol is raising because it's your wake up hormone. It's your body's natural alarm clock. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) like the the crazy part is like some of that physiology is so it's it's normal it's really good like right like we need to be to have a natural process that happens within our our brain and our body to naturally wake us up so it's it's really good that that these things are happening however some of the things that um put the weight on keep the extra fat on build up insulin resistance, make that blood sugar spike that much worse in the morning. And some of our lifestyle choices only compound that too, like eating late into the night, not getting really good sleep, increase cortisol levels. All of these things dramatically increase the actual, the, the, the degree to which we see this dawn phenomenon too.
0: Yeah, and so the question that we get sometimes too is, okay, can dawn phenomenon happen Outside of people that have diabetes or pre-diabetes, right? Mm. So, yep. and the answer is yes. This is a normal physi—again, normal physiological process that is happening. So, in the middle of the night, your liver is going to say, "Okay." Again, remember those hours, right? So, this process starts around 3 a.m. anywhere between 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And if you work, you know, shift work or nights, or you might have a shifted rhythm or an imbalanced circadian rhythm, and your liver has two processes that will say, all right, let's get some energy into the body and start this wake-up process, right? Yeah. But if right. it's dysfunctioned and your insulin isn't working as effectively as it should, that's where you're going to see this bigger delta, okay? Yeah. So when you wake up in the morning, normal blood sugar, if you look, depending on what reference you're referencing, anywhere from 80 to 100, 100 to 125 is pre-diabetes, 125 or greater is diabetes. So if we're waking up in the morning and our numbers are high, but then they go higher without food, then you were just talking about one of the causes, which is that late night carbohydrate laden influx. Yeah. Right. When your cortisol and your insulin should be at its lowest point of the day, you're whacking it right. Yeah. With this, <laughs> with this intake. The other part yeah. is is that it's a normal physiological process. But if your baseline is higher. When you wake up in the morning it's also going to be higher and what we yep. want with controlling and reversing diabetes and pre-diabetes and never getting it in the first place and being able to get the weight off and not have that insulin resistant weight loss resistant type cycle of lose 20 gain 20 lose 20 gain 20 or you know 25 25 30, 30 yeah. 40 and then Over all of a sudden time. you just stuck yep. and you can't get it off is to shrink that delta between those peaks those peaks and valleys if you just imagine like a sine wave on a graph, right? Yeah. Like just the, the line drawing of a wave. We want to reduce- A hill and a valley. Yeah, yeah. A hill and a valley. We want to reduce those spikes, right? So in a healthy individual without blood sugar imbalance or insulin resistance, they secrete enough insulin or the insulin is effective enough-
1: Insulin to, sensitivity right there.
0: Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. To, to keep those numbers normal, but it can be further compounded because our body is more insulin resistant compared to the rest of the day. So we want to make sure that, you know, we are not doing anything in the evening hours to make it worse and that we truly are experiencing a dawn type phenomenon, which is an indicator that you are on the path or could possibly be one of those millions of Americans that has undiagnosed blood sugar issues or prediabetes.
1: Yeah. And I, I noticed you, you've you said cortisol multiple times during this conversation too. And like, that's such a big one because you and I have both warned that I don't need as much sleep, you know, that that badge of honor, right? But right? Well, we've talked about it in the past that just a couple hours less than optimal sleep, you know, just one night increases cortisol levels. It increases insulin resistance and cortisol levels. As soon as we increase the cortisol levels, because it is a stress to the body to have insufficient sleep, it doesn't have to be pulling an all-nighter. It could just be five and a half, six hours of sleep. One night's bad. And then it keeps going from there. That's going to increase the the effect of this dawn phenomenon. That's going to increase cortisol. The body looks at cortisol. It looks like a stressor. Like, hey, you know what would help in a stressful situation? Like if a tiger was coming after me, let's- let's dump out some energy, right? And so it takes it the same way. So cut down on sleep a little bit, all of a sudden blood sugar's higher. Then what's happening, my HbA1c is going up because every night and every morning I have higher blood sugars and the the cycle continues.
0: That's a good point about the HbA1c. So, you know, is dawn phenomenon really something you need to worry about and or need to fix, right? If you're having elevated blood sugar numbers in the morning, we're gonna give you some things here. Fasting is one of them. To track this, the bottom line is you need a baseline. So you mm-hmm. need a blood work test like we've already mentioned. And then you need to learn how to test your numbers throughout the day. So first of all, is this something you need to fix? And you know, how do you know, right? So yeah. it's important that even though your fasting glucose might be elevated, you may have lower or normal glucose values throughout the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. one of the key things that happens with fasting because A1C is, is looking at the course of 90 days, right? So right. that's going to be the average of one glucose reading compared to you just, you know, you have a bad night's sleep, you eat a bunch of stuff later in the evening than you normally eat, and you've got one number that's really high. Well, okay, yeah. that's an outlier, right? So right. you got to know what, what you're looking at in terms of what your baseline is compared to what your 90-day average is. And we like to look at the upstream, which is why fasting is so powerful because we're controlling that, that stimulation of insulin. We're giving yeah. the body time without it to actually increase that sensitivity or the effectiveness of it and allow you to tap into long-term fat stores, which is part of, and we've done a podcast episode on this, the effectiveness of the keto diet, not just the keto diet, but getting into nutritional ketosis with Mm -hmm. fasting is going to dramatically decrease these numbers over time. Because we've had people that have worked with us and communicated with us and been part of the programs and done challenges and one of our original clients that we worked with, she lost an incredible amount of weight, but she was still having higher numbers, Mm -hmm. a couple of points throughout the day, which was indicating that there was still a broken pathway underneath. So what what eventually started to fix that was that consistency with those fasting windows, which then allowed those those peaks and valleys to get closer together. So Mm -hmm. it was more like rolling hills rather than like Mount Everest and like, you know, a giant death like yeah
1: mariana uh, trench or something yeah like a
0: trench yeah. right exactly right. you know where i was going with
1: that yeah <laughs> yeah getting yeah getting super high and super low so like literally compressing those gaps there is what you're looking to do and when we tap into to fasting and we we actually give the body a chance to lower those insulin levels down then what happens is they're coming down on average because you're not going to be able to control every spike like you're always going to need to break that fast, right? Bring in some more nutrition. Okay, it's time for lunch, it's time for dinner, whatever the case may be. But as I start to, to set those boundaries around intentional fasting, I start to naturally control, like let's say some of the late night snacking, which can be so detrimental for those morning numbers, which are literally the, the indicator or the, the measuring stick for pre-diabetes and for diabetes. So right. even if I was just putting some boundaries like that, Setting an intentional 12 hour fast, let's say, let alone a like a sixteen or an eighteen or or even longer potentially, then I'm starting to allow insulin to come down because I haven't had the need for additional insulin and additional blood sugar spikes throughout the day and and all of a sudden I might you know check my fasting blood sugar and it's a few points lower
0: yeah so that's a good point right there so some of you might be brand new to fasting, going, blood sugar, what? I'm just trying to skip breakfast, okay? So we're right. gonna talk to you <laughs> in just a second. But to truly understand if it's dawn phenomenon or if it's dietary things, right? Just to be mm-hmm. clear, you need to know your baseline and then you need to test your glucose throughout the day. And you can simply just do a an A-B test where you, know, you eat a meal and you track your morning numbers and then the next night you don't eat that meal and you track your morning numbers. Like you can do mm-hmm. like a simple... A, B test here to see if it is the stuff you're putting on your plate or the nutrition that you're choosing during your eating window, or if it's that underlying physiology, right? So for the beginners, that consistency with the fasting window is really the best place to start. Mm. You know, if you're dabbling with intermittent fasting, then you're probably not gonna see the result that you expect, or you might see it initially, but then it's going to slow down, right? So
1: many random data points sometimes (laughs) if you're not being consistent with it. like. You don't have to be at 16 or 18 or 20 hours but if you're consistently doing let's say a 12 hour fast that's going to give you good data because the consistency right there
0: yeah and there's one more subset of individual here that we want to mention is if you are managing diabetes already and if you're farther down the path of blood sugar Mm -hmm. disorders and you have type 2 diabetes and you're managing it with medication especially insulin specifically insulin excuse me then there's also another effect called the somogyi effect, mm-hmm. which can cause your numbers in the morning to be increased dramatically. And that is a different situation, okay? So if you're mm-hmm. not managing your diabetes with insulin, then this is not what's happening to you. But it is something that we wanna mention. This is what happens when you skip a meal or a snack or you take too much or too little, short or long-acting insulin for the nighttime. Okay. then your blood sugar crashes overnight and then it rebounds in the morning. So if you are having that, obviously speak to your provider and be like, hey, this is what's happening. I don't feel like it's managing it right. I don't feel right. I feel different. This is what I'm trying to do with fasting and the dietary changes I'm making. Yeah. Because one of the things here is if you feel that insulin is a solution to your long-term blood sugar, metabolic health and weight issues, then you're going to have to have a, come to Jesus moment at some point Mm -hmm. and and realize that the insulin itself, the medication itself is proliferating the disease. And this is where the big aha came for me personally with Dr. Fung, knowing my dad's history, et cetera. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's the end point. How do I never end up there? Right? So if you have type two diabetes and you're taking things like metformin, you know, Trulicity and things like that, and by the way, not medical advice, just, just throwing this out here though, because it is a point of clarification. Mm-hmm. This is not the Samoji effect. The Samoji effect is when you are treating with insulin. So yeah. small subset of individuals, but I just wanna make that really, really clear. So back to the dawn phenomenon and elevated fasting blood sugar numbers or elevated blood sugar numbers in the morning. What else can we do? You already mentioned sleep, Tommy, right? And we mm-hmm. also touched a little bit of on carbohydrate intake, right? those are two first things, but there's a few others that we can do pretty easily that you can then continue to test over the days to weeks to months. And you should see that steady decline.
1: Yeah. A couple of them that, that I really like. One big one is taking a look at what you're actually eating for breakfast, because like if you are eating breakfast.
0: Oh like, yeah. Or, right? or the recommendation of don't wait too long to eat breakfast if yeah. your blood sugar numbers are high in the morning.
1: Yeah, we see that a lot too and that that one is yeah, like, so let's come back to that one real okay. quick here. Okay, so yeah. so if if you are already skipping breakfast, then that's a really good thing for for your insulin levels, for blood sugar, things like that. But if if breakfast is a normal part of your every day, but you are finding your morning numbers are higher. If you're eating a lower carbohydrate breakfast, focusing on good fats and good proteins rather than carbohydrates in the morning, That's probably going to help a little bit, right? Same thing with with bookending your dinner with some sort of activity like a walk to kind of blunt the insulin, blunt the blood sugar spike, things like that. So taking a look at what's happening first thing in the morning and right before bed or in the evening can be can be really, really helpful, right?
0: So the breakfast point is a good one. So if you're fasting and say your window is 8 a.m. to like 4 p.m., right? You're doing a 16-8 window. You're new to fasting. You're having that window because you take medication in the morning or you wake up starving or you just hate being hungry or maybe you get headaches or maybe you dehydrated or whatever whatever the reason is, that's your window, right? Mm -hmm. That is a huge point to eat a breakfast lower in carbohydrates, especially if your morning number is already high because all you're going to do is make that peak even higher.
1: Right. So- 100% Juice, 100% sugar and cream, uh, yeah. sugar and cream in the, in, yeah. in your coffee, the sugary stuff, creamy like that. coffee yeah.
0: where it's like, is it coffee or is it sugar and cream with a splash of coffee? <laughs> is it a milkshake? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw somebody with one of those earlier today. I was like, that's
0: not coffee. <laughs> right. No, get out of here. Right. So yeah. it's been a long time. It's a learning curve with coffee for me. Right. Never yeah. used to drink it. Then I used to only drink it black. Then I got into some of the, you know, bougie stuff. And then I was like, get out of here. Bougie. Let's get <laughs> yeah. back to the basics. Straight right. black diesel. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) good sourced coffee too. If you're not enjoying your black coffee, it's probably because it's not the right coffee for you. Yeah.
1: That's a huge point.
0: That's another episode. So yeah, yeah, huge, huge point about eating breakfast, lowering carbohydrates. If you are having food earlier in the day Mm -hmm. and I love the after dinner walk, the research on this is so powerful or after meal walk really. Yeah the blood sugar spike is so much less. So yes. as we come up on the with holidays- so little it's, effort. With so little effort. 20 <laughs> yeah. to 30 minute walk. It's
1: you don't crazy. have to get out
0: your workout clothes and you know put on your sneakers and nope. the sweat bands, no. right? Yeah. No, <laughs> drive to the gym. No, you can literally have an, a huge impact on morning blood sugar numbers by simply walking after dinner. So I absolutely yeah. love that.
1: So yeah. That sets up your next day for success. You talk about, you know, the, the next day, you know, morning glucose. It's incredible. But so yeah. getting back to that, that previous recommendation hold on, hold that on. we see Two more okay. things
0: about dinner, then okay. you brought me here. So yeah, you okay. told me to wait, so I want to wait because <laughs> this one makes my brain hurt the last one we're going to go over, right? Moving your dinner earlier in the, uh, in the day can also huge. have a huge effect on your morning blood sugar number. And then if you are going to have good natural sources of carbohydrates, right? Not Mm -hmm. the refined process stuff. You by now, you should know how we feel about that, limiting that as much as possible, right? Sure, yeah. Then if you're gonna do that, put those earlier in the day and move that dinner earlier. And that could be a simple test where one day you have the same meal at 6 p.m. and one day you have the same meal at 4 p.m. and then you'll see what happens with those morning blood sugar numbers.
1: Yeah. So a couple
0: more things you can do. In regards to dinner or the last meal or moving that meal earlier. Okay. Last one, the recommendation of don't wait too long to eat breakfast. If you are experiencing dawn phenomenon and your morning blood sugars are high.
1: Oh, uh, my whole face like melts. I just I see saw that.
0: A, a reel about this recently. Right. So on mm-hmm. our, on our fasting for life page, and you know, if you go to the page it, and we're not great at the, the Instagram version, right? Not not great at it. Self self yeah. admittedly not my thing. But if you go there and then you you're on it and then it's like it shows you like like pages and there was a yeah. a dietitian speaking about you know breakfast being super important if you have morning blood sugar numbers because what it's going to do is it elicit an insulin response,
1: mm.
0: <laughs> which then can lower your blood glucose. Yeah. But you're in a catch twenty um. two. The cat's got its tail and it's spinning in circles.
1: Yeah. Have you ever had the thought that, Hey, it's kind of warm in my kitchen. Maybe I should like open up the fridge doors, you know, and like let some of the cold air out to cool off my kitchen. It's kind of like that. Like I've the never thermodynamics. thought that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, right. Well, it's, it's ridiculous to the same degree yeah. that causing an insulin spike to lower your higher morning blood glucose is a good idea because it's just not thermodynamically, you know,
0: sound. You're, it's not, yeah, it's not good biochemistry. Yeah. Just why not just skip breakfast? Yeah. Why not just let your insulin, like your let blood let sugar drops. numbers come down? Because right. as the day goes on, you're going to have different things that cause your blood sugars to spike and rise and lower and rise and lower stress. Again, cortisol is a big one. Mm. Adrenaline. Remember those things we mentioned in the beginning, the hormones, epinephrine, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, glucagon, growth hormone, right? Yep. Exercise, traffic, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Almost getting in a little fender bender, the boss is calling me when he's on vacation, <laughs> husband or wife's having a bad day. Something can cause these ups and downs, yep. but typically as you go throughout the day, your cortisol and your insulin are going to be at its lowest in the evening. So let's not mess that up. They're also going to be the highest in the morning. Mm. That is why fasting blood sugar tests are done typically in the morning. We want to yeah. see what that peak is right? For a baseline. So why would we throw fuel on the fire or try to cool down our kitchen by opening up the freezer, right? right. (laughs) It doesn't make much sense. So a couple of things you can do if you are one of those people that I mentioned earlier that wakes up ravenous, right? Mm -hmm. Or that that empty gut feeling, that's an imbalance, okay? So what we're going to do to help you get through that is you want to stay hydrated and use some form of Himalayan or sea salt into your water, Drop mm. a teaspoon in there, chug that thing down. Give it 15 minutes. You should feel a tremendous amount better.
1: Wow, yeah, that's that's huge, actionable, and and a and a whole lot better than you know grabbing some juice or or like a quick bite you know in the morning to try to try to drop that blood sugar. Right, right,
0: <laughs> right, right. You know what's crazy, man, is growing up in New England, and I'll keep this really brief, but mm-hmm. it was an old house, right, like Colonial time, like 200 plus years old. Growing oh, up wow. in this house. You drop a marble in the kitchen, it rolls all the way through into the bedroom <laughs> behind, right? It was very drafty. My sister and I bedrooms were upstairs in the actual attic, like the old peak, like slanted mm-hmm. ceilings. Yep. And we had one gas stove in the kitchen between the kitchen and the living room downstairs that heated the whole house. Mm. Right? So there were some mornings that that would be on. The pilot wouldn't have kicked on yet. And my mom would literally open the oven to take the chill out of the house. Yeah. (laughs) And the oven was literally a chimney width away from the gas stove that had a pot of water on it to keep moisture in the air. And I'm like, can't we just turn the thing that's designed to do this on? Well, no, we want to conserve, so I'm going to open the oven, okay? So, (laughs) mom, if you're listening, love you. Thank you for taking the chill out of of the cold, frigid, you know, New England house. (laughs) It didn't make much sense to me anyway. Yeah. So just to recap here, as we talk about the dawn phenomenon, is it a normal physiological process? Yes, it is. is. Is dawn phenomenon something you have to overly worry about or concern yourself with or fix? Not necessarily, but if it is something that you're experiencing, you wanna be aware of what it is, what's causing it. And then most importantly, what we can do to lower that, which is you know focus on the sleep, reduce the late night carbs, eat dinner earlier, move your meal. Or if you're going to eat healthy forms of carbs, eat them earlier in the day, walk after dinner. You know, if you are eating breakfast, lower that carbohydrate content so we're not spiking that blood sugar. And this is one of the coolest things that we see is, you know, during our challenges, we've got one coming up on October 26th. Tommy, that's correct, right? Yes. Last two of the year, I'll just mention this real quick, is we see, even in just that seven days, we see people's blood sugar numbers drop 20, 30, 40, 50 points for the people yes. that are tracking it. And you do not need to track, Incredible. but these yeah. are some people that have been listening for a while and they jumped in and they've, they've hit a plateau or they they need a reset. They come in and mm-hmm. like, I cannot believe it, but my morning blood sugar has dropped 20 points. It's only been three days. We're yep, like, yep. yes. And so guess cool. what? The scale's next. And then a couple of days right. later, whoosh. So yeah. Super pumped about this challenge coming up. We've only got two left for the year. This one is strategically right around Halloween, which is the start of the holiday season. Holiday season. But if you go to (laughs) any of the major big box stores right now or Lowe's or Home Depot or Costco, you're going to notice that the Christmas decorations are up. So, dare I say that they are upon us, but we're super (laughs) pumped about that. So, Tommy, action step for today. We've had a lot of them, but we've got a couple things on the website and then also the community group that people can get plugged in now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you want to take some action on some of the things that you've heard. So do a couple of things. Go to the fastingforlife.com and download the fast start guide so you can actually get started. We're going to show you how to do uh, one meal a day, which is a really cool place to get some consistency with your fasting, and then also tap into the Facebook community group where you can join in on the conversation. So kind of work through some of the things because sometimes it's, it's just the little small things that we're really not sure about, or we have a a question or, or a little bit of doubt or something like that. We can get some, some encouragement, some feedback, some guidance. Um, So definitely do both of those things and and get started today and and, uh, register for the challenge. If now's the right time for you.
0: Yeah. I I love the community group. It's growing organically, right? Yeah. It's just a group of like-minded individuals that are all figuring it out. Right. You know, so Come on in, the water's warm. We'll see you inside the group. Fast Start Guide, One Meal a Day Fasting, challenge coming up on the 26th, Tommy. Awesome conversation today, sir. Thank you yeah. all for listening and uh, we'll talk soon. Cool, thank you, bye.
1: So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life.
0: While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.